I'm looking for someone to relieve me in the communion prep. I'm on, I'm on the three-month rotation right now. Is you going to relieve me? I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Oh, man. No, I wasn't joking. I'm serious. I actually... I, I literally... You know, I, I'm grateful to serve. Um, so really excited about uh, our series. It's coming to an end. If you, if you haven't figured out what we're doing, it's, it's, I'm just trying to get you to lose your religion and, and really put your faith in Jesus. That's, that's the whole purpose of this. And, uh, you know, last week, just to kind of give you a little review, you know, Christianity, Christianity has a criticism. We, we think we're the right ones. But we, we found out last week there's a lot of world religions that kind of have a general eight things that, that, that are similar to us. And so we focused on, it creates this gap. Yeah, they all have, hey, do this, do that, but they don't really have a remedy. So when you, when you make a mistake or when you sin or when you fall short, they can't remedy that. And Jesus fills that gap of that. He fills the gap. This is the stuff that goes on in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds. We struggle day in, day out, dealing with sin. How do we deal with that? Jesus fills the gap becomes a sin offering, and fills that gap. So when God sees you, there's no condemnation in Christ. I, you know, I said that sermon last week, and it was, I thought it was really inspiring, and I got a call from a brother. And he says, hey, man, I just wanted to ask a question about last week's sermon. I said, great. I, you know, I love those questions. Yeah. But like, so we can go out and just sin and just do what we want? And, 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 I, and I was like, no, it's, that, that, that's not my point. But he brought up a great point. You know, if you just stopped and just looked at last week's sermon, you'd be like, oh man, yep, I'm going to go out tonight because, you know, there's no condemnation. <laughs> you have to, I put, I do what I want hat. Don't we all do that sometimes? I do what I want. Yeah. You know, we have money in our pockets called I do what I want money. <laughs> when we do our budget, I get some cash. I'm going, just some, I do what I want money. I can spend these 40 bucks wherever I want. Sometimes we think about that, our sin in that way. But I, it was a great question, and I wanted to touch on it because I thought, well, what a great perspective that, that he brought. The law was brought in so that, this is the Romans 5 prior to that passage about you know, sin, the law. You're always going to sin because the, it's there. It says the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. In other words, well, the more you become aware of laws, the more sin becomes aware of in your heart. You realize it. But where sin is increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as, as um, sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through the righteousness to bring eternal life to Christ Jesus. You know, the other day I was driving down Moore Park. I was, uh, getting, um, I was following Karen to the gas station and I, I parked at a red light and my cell phone's in my cup holder. And I grabbed my cell phone just to kind of check, make sure everything's okay in the church. Any needs? You, know, you guys might have texted me. And I, I, I didn't text. I just looked at it. I just grabbed it and I looked at it. And, I, and then, uh, then, I, then I, I saw these red and blue lights to my back right. I'm like, what is that? And on, in my blind spot was a SUV deputy sheriff. Sergeant. You know, they drive the big SUVs. It wasn't like a regular patrolman. It was like a sergeant. And, and I took off going. I wanted the other guy to kind of follow me really quick. But he left the gap there, and in the, in the, in the, he pulls in behind me, and, he, and, he, and I cross the intersection, and I'm on, I'm on Moore Park Road, and I pull over. I go, oh, it's raining. I'm pulling the, let me pull in the parking lot. 
it's raining. I don't want, you know, because people can slide and people can, it could be an accident. So I pull in the parking lot and he, and, he, and he pulls me over and he says, hey, you see my red lights? I said, yeah, so? He said, why don't you pull, why don't you pull over? I said, I did. <laughs> no, why don't you pull over exactly when I'm on, on, on the road? I'm like, I'm sorry. And I get, I'm sorry. He's like, now I got to go in this here. Are you trying to escape from me? I'm like, no, no, I'm not trying to escape. I'm not trying to escape. Hands are on the steering wheel. I'm going, oh boy. You know, you're just like, oh yeah. I make sure I spoke proper English. No, sir. Well, by no means was I doing that. And I thought, and I kept thinking, what did I do? What did I, I wasn't texting. I wasn't, the phone wasn't in my ear. I just kind of looked, just looked at it. And he goes, do you know what the law says about cell phones? I'm like, yeah, you can't text or drive and you can't be on your phone. You know, hands-free, sir. I go, you know what that means? I'm like, it means it has to be on that little device up there where you can't touch. It can't be in your hand. And so you had it in your hand, didn't you? But I'm going to do you a favor. I'm like, thanks. You weren't moving. I'm going to give you an infraction. Non-moving violation. But I want you to know, you hold this phone in your hand, you're in violation. Just last year, two people died from a distracted driver in Moore Park. And I was like, <gasps> and I thought he was just saying that to say it to scare me. And, I, and I, after he was done, I, I Googled it. I was like, oh, he's right. People died. But I had no idea that I was broke a law. You know what I felt? The law was powerless to save me. It just enforced the law. He, he did, and I got a yellow ticket. Then a brother got my car that, you know, later the next day he goes, oh, what's, what's here? What's this, bro? I'm like, Oof. <laughs> so the question begs, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Since there's no condemnation, shall I just go out and do what I want? Well, God says, by no means. He knows that you're going to end up falling short anyway. But it's, it's, a, it's the difference of the heart. I'm not going to go out and purposely do things. By no means. We, all the, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in that any longer? So I thought the question was great. And I wanted to pass that on to you because I thought maybe, I don't, I don't know who else thought that, but there is a balance of this. And so the bottom line, there's a God. He's got a standard for us to live by. And it's hard and we have Jesus that fills in that gap. And the more you become aware of sin, the more grace increases. But we're not purposely going out and doing things that are harmful to us and God. So that's a great explanation of that. I thought that was awesome. So as we end our series today, I want to, I want to take one objection off the table. You know, we think that fairness is an argument. You know, we, we thought, we think about, when you think about religion, we think it should be fair. God is perfect, so... There should be a perfect system to deal with our problems, shouldn't there be? So this system that Christianity it seems to be right, and Jesus, it just doesn't seem fair. And that's an argument, and that's legitimate. Because the claims that Jesus makes are exclusive. They're unique, and actually they're narrow. And that's problematic for some people. When you say, this is the way, this is the truth, this is the life. It's a little problematic for people that have religious backgrounds. It's unfair, and it's uncomfortable. 
And so what we do when things are unfair and uncomfortable, part of us says, it's not true. If it's uncomfortable and if it's unfair, it can't be true when it comes to God. Now, it's interesting. In other parts of our life, we understand this is false. But when it comes to religion, we're going, oh, that's not fair. That's uncomfortable. No, no, it can't be true. Let me be facetious for a minute. Think about your marriage for a second. It's, is it fair? Certainly not. Just, just get real. It is not. Yesterday, I came to surprise Karen. She went away for a day and our dishwasher was broken and it had water in there still. When it broke, it just stopped and it was water. So you can imagine the mildew, the mold that was in there. So Karen would open it once I go, don't open this, this will harm us all. So I was like, all right. So I, I went out and I tried to get the parts and labor. Okay. Our, our washer, when I got it, I think it cost like $400. Part, the, the, the two repairmen came over. They wanted $400 to fix it. I said, this is crazy. I'll do it myself. Amazon.com. Get the panel. Got the panel. Look at $100. Show you. Put the panel, try to put the panel in with my buddy Mike Wooten. And he didn't have the chip in there. No chip. No chip. What is this? I replied. You guys didn't put the chip in there. No, that's all it comes, sir. Oh, sorry. Chip, $109. I was like, I'm just going to send it back. I'm just going to go to Home Depot. Saw one for $249. Bing, bing, bing. In stock. Two in stock. Got it. Brought it in the house. So I'm going to set this up. I'm going to do it. So I, you know, Mike Wooten's like my guy. And Mike Watterson's my guy. You know, whenever I, something gets hard and uncomfortable and unfair, I can't do it. I can't do it. I call Mike Watterson. I call Mike Wooten. They come and they fix my problems. Like, turn the water on hot. You know, they fix my problems. Because it gets uncomfortable and it, 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 it's hard. I go and I start believing. I can't do this. I can't install a dishwasher. Who do I think I am? So twice I said, hey, Mike, Mike. And Mike, to his credit, never answered my texts. <laughs> Didn't respond at all. And I'm like, because yesterday he helped me bring it to my house. He threw out there, hey, if you need help, I'm available. I said, and when it got uncomfortable, I got emotional. I said, I can't do it. And he didn't respond to any of my texts. Hey, Mike, can you check the electricals? You got to put electrical stuff in there. You got to do a little piping, water, throw it on its back. Thank God for YouTube. <laughs> Five hours later, it was operational. Yeah. It's a 45 minute job. Five. But I understood because it, it was uncomfortable. It was hard. And I wanted to call guys that will do it for us. I can go like, wow, I'll pay you 50 bucks just to do it just to make it easy for me. Spend my do what I want money on you. But I understand that. But we take this concept and we bring it to our spirituality. When Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, we're going, wait a minute, that's exclusive. Are you saying, wait a minute, what about my... Yeah, what about your religion? We're trying to get you to lose your religion. Because religion just exposes your weaknesses, but they don't really have a remedy for you. Jesus fills in that gap. So if you're married, marriage is hard. But we know we're still married. 
You know, marriage gets hard when, when your spouse is saying, who is this person? When I married you, you said you were going to be this, and now you're this. That's unfair. It's not right. But it doesn't mean you're not married, right? Or maybe you grew up in a terrible household where your parents were just not very good at parenting. It's not right, it's not fair. But they're still your parents, right? I'm just being a little facetious. I'm just trying to explain to you the emotional barrier we carry. So we know, yeah, yeah, you're right, marriage, parents do. So why isn't it true about what Jesus says? Oh, because it's uncomfortable, because who then can be saved? Are you saying that people that I know really don't have a relationship? It might sound exclusive. It might sound unfair. It might sound uncomfortable. And we start to think, maybe this can't be true. And then we realize that life in this world is actually harsh. And we sometimes get uncomfortable with that. People starve to death every single day. People die because they don't even have food. Someone's dying today because of that. People abandon their children. Happens today. It's not the right gender. They put the, they put the little child, they toss it in the dirt and walk away. That happens today. It's harsh. And we think, we, well, we think it's unfair because shouldn't an all-powerful God create a just system? Why is this happening? Isn't our, shouldn't this God that we worship have the answers to these ailments of life? And that's not right. And it's unfair. But here's, here's the fundamental problem. Our problem is that we think there should be a perfect God, there would be a perfect system that is absolutely fair by our definition, and that means comfortable to us and thus believable. If it's comfortable, I can believe it. If it's uncomfortable, I don't think I can handle that. And I think the reason why is it because we severely underestimate the significance of our own sin and the brokenness of our own world. The world calls it mistakes, an oversight. No. We underestimate it. That's our nature. We minimize sin. And I don't think any of us fully understand the impact sin has had on our planet, our entire world, and the people around us. You know, everybody we know falls short of the list. I don't know any perfect people. Do you? Because I don't. The only people I know are the fall short people. Those are the only people I know are the fall short people. And the problem with that is that we don't even think we're that bad. We say we aren't perfect because we believe we're a notch or two up or maybe a notch below perfect. And we have a hard time even calling sin, sin. We call, we call them mistakes. We call an affair a mistake. We call stealing a mistake. We call cheating. I didn't study. And then we read about some unimaginable things. And we think, what was that about? How could someone do that? How could someone get in a car crash, get mad, pull out a gun, and shoot and kill somebody? Happened yesterday. NFL player. <laughs> 
for the New Orleans Saints. And you're, you read it going like, what? It's Louisiana. That's, that's an L.A. event, you know? Huh? Then you got car chases. They're taking selfies during the car chase. You know, what? You're running from the police. There's a helicopter. They're chasing you and you're taking selfies. You're going like, what in the world are people thinking? These are just events in our, in our nation and in, in, in our local area. We severely underestimate sin. These eight commandments. This is kind of all, all religions wrapped up into what they believe. These eight things, they're common. What if all religions are right and the list is the standard? What if the sense of right and wrong in your heart was put there by God to follow and you haven't followed it? What if breaking one of these condemns you? What if you're guilty before God? Then do you really want God to be fair? Do you really want God to give you what he thinks you deserve? You know, if you have kids, you understand the fairness doctrine, right? If you have children, you are so honed into this. If you give one something that someone didn't give, you're going to hear about it loud and clear. Even if you try to do it in secret, the, the sin that comes and goes, I got an ice cream. I got ice cream with daddy. Where's my ice cream? Where's mine? It's not fair. Right? Those of you who don't have kids, when you have kids, you will realize that they want things fair. And what do we say as parents to defend ourselves? Life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. That's, that's our mantra. Life is not fair. We say it all. We scream it. But they don't even understand it. They start crying. Oh, you don't love me. That's my family. It's my kids. You don't love me. Crying. Like uncontrollable tears. I, I didn't even give Juliana the iPad. Grandma and Grandpa did. It was a, it was a gift. I, didn't, I love you. No! Right? Fairness doctrine. But you know, we don't want fair. Do you want fair? Can I tell my kids this? I told them this. I got, I, I got to the point where I am going crazy. You want fair? Let me tell you fair. So, if she gets punished... For something she didn't do, then you're going to get punished. He's like, well, but I didn't do it. No, it's only fair. She's getting punished. You should get punished. That's only fair. She got rewarded. You should get rewarded. Well, she gets punished. You get punished. He goes, well, I don't want fair. I said, oh. Oh, yeah. Now we're on to something. Do you really want God to be fair? You know someone who's like, oh, that person's going to hell. Well, maybe to be fair, you should too. Don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> right? That's the fairness doctrine. But I don't think we really want fair, do we? No, we want mercy. I wanted mercy when the cop pulled me over. I didn't get mercy. I wanted it. We want mercy. We want forgiveness. There's no comfortable, comfortable way to address sin anymore. There's no comfortable way of addressing cancer. 
You don't evaluate a doctor based on how comfortable the procedure is, but how effective it is. Right? Well, he's a really, he's a really nice person. Yeah, but he got a C in medical school. I want the guy with the A. I go to the doctor. I love when they say, hey, your blood pressure's a little high. I want to hear it. Well, you could maybe, I don't know. I don't, it's uncomfortable. No, I like, I went to a, a dermatologist where I had some on my foot. She's like, what's wrong with your feet? And I was like, whoa, straight up Christianity. <laughs> All right, and then the review came in, the little review. I said, she was fantastic. She was fantastic. She burned off something on my foot. I was like, I was harsh, but it fixed my foot. I wouldn't have held the torch that long on my foot. It's burning off something. It was a kind of callus on my foot. And I thought, I don't know what that was. And she just nuked it. <laughs> I couldn't walk for a week. Hobbling. But the review came in. It's gone. She was right. It was uncomfortable. But it was effective. Jesus came and introduced the fairest, most comfortable approach in an unfair and uncomfortable world. That's why his message is so extraordinary. That's why we have to lose our religion. Because we don't want comfortable. The truth is God went way beyond fair. Way beyond fair. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's right, you're un. Un. We want to think, oh, we're the godly. No, no, you're un. You're a sinner. Some of you might be saved sinners, but you are a sinner nonetheless. We hate saying that because you're like, oh, I'm pretty godly. Got 22 years in. 22 years in. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Is that fair? Nope. It's grace. That's mercy. That's incredible. That's amazing. Sometimes the old generation, they don't like that someone like died for them. Ah. My dad's like that. Ah. No one died for me. Because you have to make it personal. That means you got to admit that you that you you're living you're in sin. He saved you from your sin. And people that aren't connected to that, he can't do no 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 no. He didn't die for me. Because I think, no, no, I never touched him. It's the un. Christianity offers the most just system possible in an unjust world. It is just. It is not fair. And I want just. I want to be justified. At the end of the day. That's what I want. The cool, cool thing about Christianity and the system that God set up, everyone is welcome. Everyone can come. Everyone gets in the same way. Jesus. They get in the same way. It's pretty cool. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Yeah, I got Jesus. Yeah. Same one. Everyone gets the same. 
Everyone gets the ice cream. Everyone gets in the same way. There's no way around it. Oh, you were baptized? Oh, I just believe. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, know, you know, you remember those? Oh, I just believe in Jesus. No, no. You weren't baptized? No, no. There's one way. It includes being baptized. It includes it. Everyone can meet the requirements. Faith. You thought I was going to say do stuff, huh? You thought I was like, come to church every week. No, 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 no. Faith. Everyone's welcome. You get in the same way through Jesus and everyone can meet the requirement. Faith. That's the just system. Might not be fair to you, but it sure is just. Is it fair? No. Is it comfortable? No. Does it mean it's not, not true? No. It doesn't. To this, to this unfair, uncomfortable world, God sent His Son to go beyond fair and comfortable and offer us exactly what we don't deserve. And that's grace, that's forgiveness, and that's mercy to all who would want to receive it. That's the just system. Everybody is welcome. And I mean everybody is welcome. The issue I hope you will wrestle to the ground, and I'm talking struggle, wrestle with it, is not that it is it comfortable or fair, but is it true? And if so, then lose your religion if it's true. Lose the very thing that made you feel separated and follow the Messiah. Follow Jesus. Become a disciple of Jesus. Follow Him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the one that fills that gap of your guilty conscience. When you leave here today, you either can feel more guilty or you can feel like, hey, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a way in for me. Everyone's invited. Everyone can get in. It's Jesus and the requirement is my faith. I can do that. And I hope you will. Hope you'll lose your religion. Thank you and that concludes our service for today.